Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. MNN Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. MNN is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856 217 1750. Or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is going to be a fun one. He has negotiated over $500 million in NFL contracts as a sports agent for the NFL. And he's also a friend, and I'm excited to have him on. Andy Ross, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. So where do I start, man? First off, we were introduced by mutual friends, our our friend Fran. I, I think I met you officially at his wedding. You were gracious enough to allow me to stay at your at your family home in OBX for a couple days. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Good times in the Outer Banks. We have, we all have been through there. So yeah, absolutely. That was my first and only time down there. And I and I definitely want to get back. I had a lot of fun. In fact, you taught me how to, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, play beach bocce. Really? That was the first time I ever played beach bocce. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, it's always good. A little, little summertime fun, beach bocce and, you know, drinking a couple beers. And, and a couple wow. beers. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun, but. A long time ago now. So. Yeah. 10 plus years, I think. I think, I think they just hit their 10, 10th year anniversary. It's a great thing about Fran. He just connects a lot of people, you know? Oh, he, so. he certainly is a connector for sure. So you started, you have a degree at Virginia Tech University, of Bachelor of Science in Marketing, Marketing Management. Did you know you wanted to be a, a sports agent even in college? Was that degree specifically for what, what your path became? It's interesting because I, I get that question a lot. So, you know, the, the Jerry Maguire influence, I, I believe that was what, eight, 96, maybe, maybe 97. And I graduated high school in 95. And so I had actually taken a sports marketing class and just fell in love with that industry. It wasn't really known about back then, right? It's like you had your local sports teams that you watched, maybe someone worked for the team, but no one really knew really about the sports marketing and sports agent. It just wasn't a publicized business. So I never even knew about it and took this class 
And in, during the class, there was like this event management and I thought it was just really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. And then I learned about sports agents and I was like, yeah, that could be a pretty cool, pretty cool job. And then Jerry Maguire comes out and then it's like, well, everybody wanted to be a sports agent. And I believe there was only one college at that time that offered a sports management degree, which was Miami of Ohio. And now every college, I believe, has some sort of sports marketing classification or, or degree. Yeah, curriculum. Yeah. Is that something that's required to do what you do? Do you need a bachelor's degree? So I come from the old school of, I just believe that, you know, networking and having relationships and on the job experience is really the most valuable. A lot of people are taking these sports management classes and I feel like it's, it's, you know, what if you get this degree in it, but then you decide that you don't like, you get into it and then you decide you don't want to be in sports management or work for a team. How do you go out and get another job when that's your, you know, your uh, curriculum you've gone through? I look at it and say, get a business degree and, you know, managing players. You can read books and learn about the sports industry and do all these different, all these different things in the industry. But you, if you do business, you can do really anything. And so that's what I did. I was business and marketing and, you know, it's, it's served me well. And you're certainly passionate about it. I mean, you've been doing it now for over 25 years. You started at Octagon. Talk a little bit about when you first started at Octagon and just the whole learning process of of what a sports agent does. Well, back then it was um, it was actually called Advantage International, which ended up becoming Octagon. But it's a really it's an interesting story because when I took this class, uh, the sports marketing class, I ended up, uh, you know, the teacher Paul Wardinsky said, "Hey, there's a job opportunity internship at this local agency. If anybody's interested." Well, I didn't raise my hand. Nobody raised their hand. And then after class, I said, hey, I'm actually interested in that. So I learned how to interview and write a cover letter and resume. And so then I called Advantage International up and they said, hey, I need your address. They said, well, what for? And I said, I wanted to apply for the, the internship. And they said, oh, it's already been filled. Well, I was in high school. I spent like a week doing this. So I was crushed, you know, I expected, hey, I'm spending a week. I'm going to go get the job. But um, I was crushed. And Wardinsky told me, he said, hey, you really want it? I said, yeah. He said, well, why don't you go up there and tell him? So I went home and I put this like JCPenney suit that I had on. I had a couple of moth holes in it and um, I walked into their office and sat in their lobby and asked to speak to the senior VP, Tom George. And they were like, what for? I said, I want to apply for the internship. They said, well, it's already been filled. I said, oh, I know. I still want to speak to Tom. So they, they wanted me to just wait. Cause you gotta remember I'm, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm like a high school pimply faced, you know, lightweight kid. And I'm just walking in with this cheap suit and a couple hours later, they expected me to leave and I hadn't left. And Tom comes out and he's like, do I know your parents? I said, no, why? And he goes, you sat here for two hours and you won't leave. And I guess you want a job. And I said, yeah. He said, well, do you have a cover letter? I said, yeah. He said, you got a resume? I said, yeah. And he grabbed him and he looked at him and I said, look, I'll work for free. I just want to learn the business. And he took it, went back to his office. 10 minutes later, his assistant came out and said, I don't know what you said, but you got the job and be here on Monday. And then I worked there for 19 years. So it's, uh, you know, I think in business as a whole, but especially in the sports industry, it's so hard to break in. You just have to do something that's really unique. Now, looking back, I think it was a little bit aggressive <laughs> what I did. 
but it, it worked out and I got my foot in the door and never turned back. I mean, what business owner or business wouldn't like a young, younger kid come and say, I'll, I'll work for free just to learn. Can I shadow you? You know, what, what, who wouldn't, you know, accept that? I, I think that's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and I, look, I've always taken that process for me and always use it as a give back. So I, I go back and I speak to my old high school a lot and talk to a lot of young kids about getting into the industry because I, you know, look, someone helped me way back when. And so I think it's, you know, partially my responsibility to kind of help that next generation of, of agents and, you know, to educate these kids on how they do it. But the crazy thing is a lot of kids see where I am now and they say, well, that's where I want to be. I want to have that. And I want to sign these first round picks. And I'm like, that was like a 20 year process. Like it was, it is not easy and you have to, you know, work, cut your teeth and work second jobs. And that's what nobody sees. Fran saw that and you've seen it from the early days of me. And, you know, that's, you know, where I am now, I've been, been fortunate to have some good success. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of grit, right. Perseverance and, and, you know, had a conversation actually with Fran and, and prepping for this and, and, you know, just some of the going back, whatever it was, 15 plus years ago, he shared some experiences he had when you were in Philadelphia and he got to meet Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, just, just some, just some cool things. And just, just that process of your growth that, that he's gotten to see and where, and where you are now Talk a little bit about those tough times, you know, just the, the grit that was needed. Did you ever question that maybe you should want to do something else? Like it was getting too hard or, or tough? No, I, you know, my whole life, I've always been very goal oriented. So to an annoying level where like, you know, I don't believe in failure. So if you do fail, you, you better learn from it. And so you just have to be so aggressive if you want to be successful, especially in the sports industry. And so I look back at those times and a lot of the failures that I had at that point were great learning opportunities for me. I've always been a sponge, even when I was early on living out in California and working for guys like Mike Sullivan and Jeff Spurbeck and Doug Hendrickson. And, you know, when I worked for them, I'd just sit in their office. And while I was, my job was to do marketing. I wanted to learn the agent business. I wanted to learn how to recruit. I wanted to learn how to do the contracts. And so I would just sit there and, and listen to their conversations. And then once I you know, was able to sign some players and have some success, I was also very humble about it because I always knew there was more to learn. And just because you have some success doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. And I see that with a lot of young agents. And my biggest advice to them is, hey, it's great when you go out and sign a big time player, but understand the people that helped you sign that big time player or what that process was because you can sign one player and everybody looks back and say, Oh yeah, look, he did that. That was great. But what have you done since then? And you have to always continue to keep learning and keep evolving. Yeah, good stuff. And, and, and some of the uh, players that you have represented Quentin Jammer, fifth round pick overall, Aaron Curry, fourth round pick overall. And this is just to name a few, Dwayne Brown, Brandon Gee, most recently, Wyatt Teller, who you just recently negotiated, I don't, pretty recently, I believe, right? The highest pay, he's the highest paid right guard in the NFL currently? Yeah, highest paid in NFL history, yeah, yeah. So former fifth-round pick, you know, overcame a lot, you know, just, uh, it's, you know, he had to grind it too, right? Just, and we grinded together, and, you know, he, he, uh, he ended up doing really well. 
And that was a $56.8 million contract, and he's with the Cleveland Browns, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, great stuff. The long list of uh, of players, it's, it's impressive. Now, j- just talk a little bit about the life of managing those players. When, it, when you finally do get to sign a player, talk about, you know, managing them through the process and, and, and how, you know, how that becomes a big part of what you do. Well, if you had asked me 25 years ago what I would need to know to be an agent in this day and age, I would have never been able to put anything on a whiteboard, like knowing what I know now. I never knew that I had to have a background in medicine. I never knew I had to have a background (laughs) in psychology and training and finance, insurance, all these different things. But as you progress as an agent, these players look for you, look at you for more and more advice. And when when I started getting into the contracts even more, I started really diving into the insurance side of the business because you always want to you know have a player protect their downside, especially if they're going into free agency or going into those money years, like the third and fourth year of their contract. And so I really spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different insurance agents and learning about the business and learning how all those things work. And so that to me, when I talk about management of a player, they all tend to go through the same process, but they all have different stops along the way, right? A player might go through a divorce. A player might have a baby. A player might be trying to buy a house. A player never buys a house. A player gets hurt and has his career end early. A player gets hurt and he has the right surgery and then ends up turning into a Pro Bowl caliber player. So there's all these different things. And that's why the longer you're in the business, the more knowledge you're going to have that helps you manage those players. And so that's why when you're a young agent, it's great to have a, some sort of alignment with an agent that has experience. I had that early on in my career and I was able to learn. And so when you talk about managing a player, there's so much that goes into it, especially with the access that they have now because of FaceTime and, you know, texting and cell phones, you know, it's, you don't leave the office ever. They can reach you at all times and, you know, they expect you to help manage their life. And that's one thing I wanted to touch on is every time that I've been, we've gotten together a few times over the years, you are always on the phone. And that's something Fran talks about too. You, you, your phone's always ringing off the hook and uh, that, that comes with the territory. Well, I also didn't have gray hair back then. So, um, <laughs> no, Me <but> either. <laughs> it, exactly. Whatever's <laughs> left, right? So no, it's, you know, look, it's okay though. It's, it's look, it's the life you've chosen. If you're going to be in the agent business, it's a service business. So being accessible, look, as they say in Wall Street, on, on the movie Wall Street, right? Money never sleeps, right? Like if, if you want to be successful, you've got to grind it out and you've got to work harder than everybody else. And one of the times we did catch up, it was a Temple game, 2015 or 2016 season, you came up and you were recruiting. I'm not sure who it was. Do you recall who you were looking at at the Makovich? time? Was it, was it Makovich? Okay. Mikovich, Mikovich, yeah. Tyler Mikovich, yeah. He's actually uh, in the uh, in the playoffs with uh, the Bills right now. Yeah, no, you come in second place a lot of times in your career, and um, it's the worst place to be when you get down to that final two and they're picking. And you come in second place sometimes, and you go, and then you see a player like sign a huge contract, and you're like, oh, gosh. Or you come in second place, and the guy only plays two years, and you're like, oh, save some money, you know? So, you know, <laughs> kind of like playing poker sometimes. It certainly sounds like it. So just some of the things that you do as an agent, it's 
talk a little bit about it. I mean, the contracts, there's draft prep, training, marketing, entertainment, PR, biz and, and legal, post-career, you know, giving back. They're just things that I'm seeing from some of the websites and businesses. Talk about how much involvement you are with the process and the team that you're with and, and how the, all the inner workings of a sports agency. Well, look, a lot of agents out there, they recruit and then they just do the contract or they'll manage the player. They don't get involved in the PR or the marketing side of the business. They'll have a whole team around them of a publicist, legal representation, you know, marketing team. They'll have all these different things. I was really fortunate when I started off in Octagon, I started off on the marketing side of the business. So I learned everything about the agent business. And so for my players, I've done a lot of those things on my own, whether it's some marketing or the PR strategy, the contract negotiation, doing some different accounting. I've changed some different, uh, utilized some different tax laws to be able to make the contract more beneficial for the player. Well, not every agent does all those things. I kind of look at myself as a one-stop shop because I have no problem picking up the phone and calling and trying to get a guy a free car or a free cell phone or even a free dinner after the game at a restaurant. I don't represent too many players where I can't do those things. And that's, that's by design. And so there's all these different things that you do as an agent. A lot of times they're spread out among a number of people, but you know, I, I tend to do all those myself. Got it. Yeah, you've been doing it long enough. So I'm, I'm sure you're, you're pretty well versed in, in all the uh, services. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 And I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So your girlfriend, son, is playing lacrosse at Ohio State University. It was an interesting uh, story you were mentioning before we started recording. Tell me a little about that. Yeah, so uh, my girlfriend's son's name is Mitchell Pelkey. Um, When he was in high school, he started a YouTube page. And really got, uh, you know, built his brand and, and became really an expert in editing. And he was doing all of these videos, like his senior year of high school, he did this video called The Ride, where he did one video for every single one of their games, and they ended up winning the state championship. And so for life, he's got all these videos and his teammates do of what was before the game, highlights of the game. It's, it's really, really awesome. But then when he went to Ohio State to play lacrosse, and the NIL happened, which is name, image, and likeness. He asked me, he's like, well, what do you think I could make? I was like, I don't know, you know, like lacrosse, like, I don't know, maybe a few grand, you maybe get a few restaurant deals, get some free food, barter. I, I have no idea. And, you know, because of his YouTube brand, he's actually exploded. He has a massive, massive deal with STX. Um, he did a big deal with IHOP, has a, a number of other deals, Rowdy Energy, but he's making real money, like six figures. And it's not what, what I thought he was going to do, but it's, it just shows the value as to how the future of this college business is going to go. Because now that these players can make money, if they're actually positioned right 
And then they have a platform like a YouTube or an Instagram or a TikTok that these advertisers can align with. And if you have a big enough following, following. Yeah. you can make some real money. And it's, it's awesome to see. And, you know, I've told him, you know, I expect he's got two more years left in college, but, you know, I expect him to do incredible things beyond school. Um, he wants to, you know, do all the YouTube, YouTube stuff long-term. And I even sent his videos over to my buddy at, at Nike. And he was like, I will hire him. <laughs> he's like, that's how good he is. And I said, well, I don't, I think he might make more money than just a typical employee salary. So, you know. <laughs> so it's safe to say that he edited your TikTok videos. Well, he taught me how to edit. <laughs> so, so he did, he did two of them. And then it took him all of about 10 minutes to do those. And then when I had to do it myself, it took me about an hour and a half. So, it, uh, you know, work in progress, but. I have to say anyone listening, you got to check out Andy's TikToks because I know you just started this year and they're exploding. You have one that has 157,000 views. I don't know if you checked it lately, but they're just well done and good information, you know, that, that people wouldn't know. And uh, anyway, just well done. They're, they're fun to watch. Yeah, thanks. It's, yeah, no, I. So Mitchell and, and the whole family over here has been on me. They said, hey, you have this niche and you have this wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's doing this. And I was like, okay, well, you know, my job is to be behind the camera, not in front of the camera. But, um, you know, I think it does in this day and age from an exposure standpoint, it does make sense. And look, there's a lot of people that, that don't know the business side of sports and there's an interest in it. And so to be able to work on and have that niche, it doesn't really take me that much time. I already know the stuff. So it's really five minutes in front of the camera and, um, I actually have someone else that's going to start editing for me because I just don't have the time to, to do that. But no, this this podcast and all the stuff I have an editing team. I, I I don't have time to touch it. Nor do I really want to actually. Right, be an expert at hiring experts. So I'm going to hire an expert. Yes, and edit for me. So. A- amen to that. So who do you like in the Super Bowl? Who 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 do you think is going to play? And who do you like for the win? Well, I have this theory of don't ever bet against Brady. So because people that do lose. And, you know, there was a stat that I saw that said Tom Brady has makes it to the Super Bowl a higher percentage than Steph Curry makes a three-pointer. Wow. What is his percentage? About 40%? 30-some per 30? Brady? No, I was thinking Steph. 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 I mean, he's the greatest shooter yeah. of all time. I was right? thinking what his percentage was. And he's probably what? 35, 40, 30, 30, 35 to 40. Yeah. But it's just when yeah. someone puts it in that kind of a, a category, you go, wow, it's okay. Well, you know, Tom Brady, you know, so he, Tom probably makes a Super Bowl again. It's just very tough to beat. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks really, really good this year and what he's doing up in Green Bay. I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes and KC, I think people have kind of figured out how to beat them. But when they're clicking offensively, it's very hard to stop. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, but I, I, like you said, I always got to go with Brady. You know, got a good shot at winning if you if you say Brady. So mm-hmm. I find myself rooting for Buffalo. You know, just when I want to see them get there, someone new. You know, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, Brady will definitely retire probably in the next ten or fifteen years. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably closer to fifteen. So outside of work, what are you passionate about? What What do you like to do? Well, I play golf. Not well, but I play. That's kind of my you know, I work on the weekends always because of football. So, you know, it's a great thing to be able to get out on like a, you know, on a Tuesday and, and, and go play around. You know, my kids are at that age where they're in sports all the time. So 
my one son is very into art. My other son is into Taekwondo uh, as well as he's, he's in a play. So, you know, it's a, a, I'm a sports agent whose kids don't really play that many sports. So it's, uh, you know, we, we get into it a little bit, but um, Hey, you know, embrace their passions and, you know, help them be successful. That's the most important thing. Yeah. No good stuff. And I, and I can relate, I can relate to a lot of things you just said. So if someone were wanting to get into what you do or, or just follow their heart or follow their passion, what advice would you give, you know, a young, you know, teenager looking to maybe go to college, not go to college, but just follow their heart, their passion? What advice would you give them? So in this day and age with phones, I feel like access is very easy and everything is very quick, right? People send, instead of saying, let me know, they send LMK, right? So if everybody's doing that, be different. I always tell people when you reach out and develop a network and make your introductions, people might not respond, but if you reach out to 20 different people, maybe four do. But then follow up and send them a handwritten note because when's the last time you got a piece of mail with a handwritten note in it? It, You just don't. You get a text message. You get an email. You know, people don't even want to say like that they got your text anymore. They sit, you know, they tap the button that says a heart or a thumbs up. So make it different and, and go old school because when you're talking to somebody that grew up in the 80s or 90s or they didn't have all this stuff back then. So it, it kind of makes you feel like this person really puts in the effort. And so I think handwritten notes are unbelievable. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of that. And then follow up with people. And just because someone doesn't respond to you doesn't mean that they didn't get it. They just might be busy. So, you know, don't pester them like I did and show up in their lobby. But, you know, I think that if you, you know, if, if you just reach out and touch every once in a while, you'll, you'll get in contact with the right people. I love it, man. How can people follow you? you any social media or, or contact information you, you want to put out there? Yeah. So on, on, on Twitter, I'm NFL agent, Andy on TikTok, I'm NFL agent, Andy, you know, those are the, the, the really the, the two main social medias. I, I had another Twitter, but it got hacked and trying to reboot that thing has been a challenge. So I just started a new one, but um, you know, trying to put a lot of information out on this new TikTok channel. I think that it's going to be something that, you know, will provide a lot of just information and education to, to people that just enjoy sports and enjoy the business of sports. And, you know, I always tell people, Hey, send me a note, tell me what you want to learn. And I'll, you know, if I don't know the answer, I'll go find it and, and put it out there. Cause I, I just believe, you know, and everything is, everything's always about education. So. So very cool. I, I, I can see why it's exploding. It's just great information. And uh, I love the energy. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to to uh, join me today, man. And I hope to catch up when you're in town next time. Let me know, please. Yeah, no, there's, you look, there's some some good football players coming out of the, the Philly area. So I just need to start signing them. And uh, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe in free agency, once free agency pops up, maybe I'll have another guy on the Eagles. We'll see what happens. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Nick. I'll see you, buddy. Talk to you soon, buddy. Say, see you, bud. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.